Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Craig Bowler Jack coming up here momentarily as we do each and every Tuesday. And uh, eager to get Bowler's thoughts on what's going on with Donovan and Rudy as well as uh, as we progress toward the restart. In fact, the Jazz left today for Orlando. They Bowler. did. Yes. So it begins in earnest now. And uh, Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck are both going to be uh, having press Zoom. What are we calling these things, by the way? Teleconferences, Zoom conferences, yeah, press conferences. Yeah. Anyway, people get the point. They're going to have uh, the Justin and, and Dennis are going to be available tomorrow. And then we're told we're knocking on wood here that uh, Dennis is going to be on the big show tomorrow. So that'll be great. Yeah, that will be. Look forward to it. All right, let's uh, jump out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Joining us now, the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowler, Jack and Bowler. i got to start things off by saying thank you so much for filling in for me last week. I actually got a chance to hear the show, and I love the nostalgia, man. I, I dialed back the time to the original big show, and I was just drinking it in, man. It was great. Thank you so much. Jake, I was happy to do it. It was torturous, but I got through the three hours. Um, it, it, it wore me out. I needed an IV after the three hours with Gordo, as you know. It's it's a daily struggle. <laughs> you think it's hard? You, th- you think it's hard for you, Bowler? How'd you like to be me? <laughs> yeah, but you're a monster. You're at the Casa del Monson. I mean, you have the hot tub and the king size, you know, bed. And you can take a rest in between breaks, but no. I was in the studio. No, I had a great time, man. Gordon and I, I tell you, it's like riding a bike, man. It's just fun to get back on and pedal, and it was it was a good time. Anytime you need a break, uh, you know that uh, you know I really don't have much to do, so it's uh, <laughs> it's it's a good thing to stay busy, as you as both you guys know. Well, I appreciate it, and I got to tell you that my favorite part was when you guys brought back the Instapoll to get oh, a yeah. vote on, on whether or not to keep the Not Sports Report, and Gordon tried to slip his two friends who texted him yeah, into yeah. the poll results. Yeah, He's like, well, I got with the three buddies. So. It's typical, you know. He's over there texting while we're speaking, and during the break, and, of course, is you know, trying to, you know, push those phone lines. So I don't know if anybody was really, you know, had the chance to really – Everyone's used to texting, you know, Twitter, what have you. But phone call? Come on, man. What are you guys talking about? A phone call? No, it was fun. We had a good time. I was dying. I was you laughing. Know, you guys were great. It's, it was, it's funny, and this is maybe a statement about the way time works. But uh, And for younger folks, you'll find this out. But uh, we started doing shows together, like, what, like 23 years ago or something? I mean, it just and, – and here you are. You came back in. We did the show. And it was just like it used to be, man. Yeah, we yeah. didn't we didn't take phone calls the way we used to so much. I mean, we did do the Insta poll, but it it it, <laughs> it just felt it felt uh, like like old times, you know. Yeah, it was great, you know. And the Insta poll just has to kind of once in a while you gotta you gotta <laughs> you know revive it just to keep people honest, man. But no, Jake, I tell you, it was great. Glad you're back. You guys sound good. A lot of talk, a lot of talk about Jazz are flown uh, the coop during uh, Orlando. The bubble sounds like a movie. It may turn out to be a movie one day, to be totally honest with you. Oh, I bet it does. I, yeah, I, was, saying, I, I was saying yesterday, I wish it were a reality show. Oh, man. 
Would that be big? Would that be big numbers of viewership? Wow. Yeah, I'd watch it. You bet. Oh my. I, wish all, I wish all the guys Bowler had to take truth serum before they enter the bubble, and then that would compel them to, like, film their teammates as their teammates are sneaking girlfriends into the bubble, you know, in the middle of the night. That would. Be- well, we talked about jumping the fence last week. You know, I don't know how it's going to play out, guys. Jake, I tell you, you know, it's, it's going to be really intriguing. You know, I talked to Quinn yesterday just via text, and we had a really interesting talk, and you know, I think I really kind of started to understand yesterday, as he did, you know, the, the pressure, the, um, you know, and, and just the moment at hand. Um, you know, it's a limited staff, and, you know, we'll talk to Dennis and Justin tomorrow via Zoom, and I hope Dennis will join you guys because it is the big show. That's where all the news is. So I, it's going to be intriguing to me to watch this unfold. Uh, you know, Quinn knows the pressure of the moment and I told him straight up yesterday and the response was I, I witnessed the pressure, you know, with him in Oklahoma City and that was quite a night. And I'm sure this has some comparable, you know, moments, but let's hope it doesn't come down to testing and someone has to be, you know, removed into isolation through you know, for the jazz or anybody really, because you like to see this be a success because really Jake and Gordon, the rest of the professional sports, even though baseball's got a planned 60-game season, the NFL seems to be kind of at a stalemate on a lot of issues. And it looks like, as Austin and I were just talking before I jumped on, you know, the Ivy League's going to make maybe could be the first ball to drop in college football tomorrow. So I don't know. It's uh, I'm just holding my breath with a chance to bring some basketball to Jazz fans, Jazz Nation, and let's just hope it happens. Well, I wanted to ask you, did you happen to read Tim McMahon's piece at ESPN.com about yes. the relationship between Rudy and Donovan? Wanted to get your thoughts on what you uh, what you read there, what you learned there, what you already knew, what you think about it moving forward. Well, you know, what I, what I did not know was the April discussion about getting everybody back on the same page, you know, after about a month off and Rudy – was made made the statement to Tim that look, I didn't really want to get back on uh, Zoom calls with my teammates until I talked one on one with Donovan, which I thought was really the right thing to do. Um, I'm always a believer, and I think you two follow the same suit, guys. If you got an issue, I'd rather just handle it straight up, straight on, and not let social media or others fabricate or make the story what it isn't. So I thought that was good that Rudy wanted to, to get you know have a discussion with with Donovan and I think he's truthful you know and I was thinking about this too you know look I think all of us you know do Matt and I you know hug and sing Kumbaya every night no uh, do Thurl and I no um, do you two no uh, I think because of you know they're both incredibly talented young players in this league and all-star status just a few months ago. Uh, yeah, I can see where trying to coexist, which makes me appreciate, by the way, the ability of Stockton and Malone for all those years to do exactly that. A lot of combos don't. They break up. And I don't know where this one's going, but at least the discussion's been made and they're going to be in a bubble. There's not going to be a lot of area that they can escape one another. Maybe they really even talk this through even more. Don't know. 
Uh, and of course, the Jazz know more, much more than any of us about you know the future of both both these players when it comes time to extend contracts. So uh, I think this obviously this this bubble, these eight games of the alleged final eight games of the regular season before the playoffs uh, will play a, a real factor in how they do play and how they coexist together and how they really, I don't know, respect each other on the floor. So, um, you know, there's a lot of what-ifs right now. We're going to get a lot of answers, you know, by the end of the month, if not before. So uh, they've got scrimmages, uh, three scrimmages before we jump in, uh, before the opening night on the 30th against uh, the Pelicans and, you know, that's not really a lot of time, honestly. And uh, hopefully, you know, they, they figured it out. If not, then something else will have to be done in, a, in the sh- very short term, by the way. Well, I want to ask you to weigh in on a kind of a, a conversation or a debate that Gordon and I had earlier in the show. And it's it's unfair because Quinn Snyder really is the only one that has this answer. But uh, in this McMahon piece, the, it came up again, Rudy, and if he got enough opportunities on offense. And Rudy brought mm-hmm. it up with the Salt Lake Tribune nine games into the season. And he right. cast more light onto the situation in, in this piece. It was very you know self-aware of him, but but the problem still exists in his mind, or or did anyway. So let me ask you this. Does Rudy get enough shots per game? Well, let's break this down because I think it's a really great discussion. It's I think it's the mentality of the players themselves because a lot of this a lot of this is predicated on the lob, on the high pass, as you guys know. And that's really Rudy's um that's that's Rudy's best shot. Now look. Rudy has not developed a face-up jumper. Rudy has not developed a consistent hook uh, sweeping shot across the paint. And I think that's pretty well known around the league. And obviously the guys handle the ball, which includes three players. The majority of the touches belong to Donovan, uh, Conley, and Joe Ingles. And you're going to throw Jordan Clarkson in that, that group as well. So I think when the time is right, they look for Rudy. But when the time isn't, they're going back into their offensive sets. And even though Rudy's trying to post up on the block, I think a lot of times the offensive set is geared uh, for Donovan, uh, for Joe, for George Niang, for Mike Conley. And Rudy's there for offensive rebound, putbacks, dunks, et cetera, because that's what he does at 7-1. So I know this story. I've heard it. We've discussed it. And Rudy wants – and I, I applaud him for wanting to be more in tuned or more involved in the offense. But I think it really, and, and if he really broke this down, guys, it still belongs to Rudy to convince his teammates that he can make those shots. And I'm talking about more than just dunks. Yes, it's a great shot. It's a high percentage shot. Shot lock. If he joined us right now, it's all about analytics. I get it. You know, that's a high percentage shot, and so is the three ball. Three is more than two. It's not as high as percentage as maybe a mid-range or just a dunk, but still, it gives you more for for, for your money. Um, but I, you know, I think that's really the biggest issue is they've got to find a way to let Rudy understand that the the whole offense doesn't really surround him. He's a big part of what they do and helps them for second chance points on putbacks. But in the sense of just dropping off a jumper, that's not going to happen, or a three ball, that's not going to happen. I think that's where the rub is, honestly, is that Rudy calls for the ball. Donovan's got a responsibility to get his teammates involved, and they're both just going to have to find some even ground. That's my take. 
for my chair. And I'm not, I didn't get a chance to tune in to hear your guy, your, you two discuss it. But, um, you know, I, I can see where both players think that they've got to be a part of this offense on a 24-7 situation. But, you know, look, there's other guys who need the ball, want the ball, deserve the ball. And they're just going to have to find some even ground. If not, then that's where the Jazz have to step in and make some decisions on what direction they go. So if you're a betting man bowler three years from now, will these two be playing together? Well, I think this summer will play a big factor into that. Uh, I think also the virus will play a factor to Gordo because it comes down to cash, right? The Jazz have made some cuts on the staff. Uh, and look, they need ticket sales, they need fans. And if this continues, I don't know what happens unless, you know, you dive into, uh, you know, a uh, cache of, of cash where you decide to build again and, 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 and look to the future and look beyond this moment. Because, you know, right now I feel paralyzed sometimes. I think sports is in a, we're like paralyzed. And I don't know, someone's going to have to look beyond where we are now and, and again, I think they're going to have to really know the mindset of Rudy and Donovan. And can this be – can they coexist, okay? And, again, I know Carl and John, I'm sure, behind the scenes had issues. But you know what? It wasn't publicly known because there wasn't Twitter and social media, right? I mean, John hid. I mean, I talked to him the other uh, – two, two weeks ago, and we were, he was laughing. You know, he always laughs about it because he knew Carl loved the camera. John just was able to just kind of hide out and and run around without even being noticed sometimes, and he, and he giggles about it. You know, Carl, Carl stood up because he liked the, the, the notoriety. So, yeah, that's what the beauty of those two, because one didn't need the camera or the publicity while the other one enjoyed it and savored it. So uh, getting back to your question, does it not really come down to two things? Can they play together? and not cause an issue amongst the locker room, but also can the Jazz, the Miller family, indeed afford that type of investment. But they have to be convinced, in my opinion, that they, the two will not cause issues, but instead they will focus on one thing, and that's a championship for the Utah Jazz. You know, Bowler, at, at very least with Rudy's comments in the Zoom press conference and some of his uh, quotes here in this ESPN article that we're, we are uh, we are talking about, he's a he's an interesting person who's had an interesting upbringing, and I, I you know I've always thought Rudy was very smart. Um, what you, you know, you get a chance to interact with him a little bit on the road, a little bit more than kind of your average media guy, a lot more, in fact. What what has always been, or what is your impression of Rudy as a person? Well, he's become, Jake, that's a great, great, great question. But to me, he's become more, much more transparent since COVID, uh, since March 11th. I think he's learned about himself, about life, about team. Uh, I think he uh, obviously understands the mistakes made, uh, touching the microphones, going back to that time. I mean, while we were in isolation and quarantine and OKC, we had two televisions and all we saw that night was the replay after replay of replay of, of Rudy, you know, touching the microphones here in Salt Lake City. And I know he, he's he's not that type of guy. He's a smart guy. He's a, he, he's kind of got a little, you know, he, he likes to fun his teammates like they all do. But I think he wants to be appreciated. I remember a conversation when he was maybe two, two three years in, and the Jazz started to really focus in, Jake and Gordon, on his – on his abilities as he continued to get stronger. 
is that he wanted to prove the doubters all wrong, that he deserved to be where he was, and that 27 on his back was put there for a reason to constantly remind him and everyone else who bypassed him in the draft that I, I belong here and I'm a dominant player in this league. And so I still think that plays into the way that he acts and sometimes maybe distances himself a bit. Um, but at the same time, I know in the locker room, he kids, he gets along. And I think, again, it's the, the, the fact that he wants to be a major player in the National Basketball Association and the association. I think he wants to prove doubters wrong. Like I said, two-time defensive player of the year. He wants more, and I applaud him for that. But he's got to find a way that he can do that without disrupting disrupting the, the ship, the, the voyage, the journey. And if he can do that with Donovan, then I think they'll play together a long time. If that doesn't happen and these situations continue to kind of creep up, blow up, then obviously the Jazz have some big decisions to make. See, I, I really – this maybe I'm the naive one, but I, I don't think a, that big a adjustment needs to be made. I, I think if, if Donovan just looks for Rudy a little more, I don't think Rudy wants to shoot the ball 13, 14 times a game. He just – when he thinks he's open, he yeah. wants the ball to come to him. I thought this was an interesting quote from an unnamed Jazz source – in this story, it says sometimes heel, meaning Donovan, will try to be the hero and take big shots. I know he wants to be the guy, but sometimes the play is right in front of you and he needs to pass the ball. He has to grow in that area and trust his teammates more. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know who that source is. I, I'm sure that all of us know him. <laughs> but I, oh, don't yeah. who, I don't know who it is. What do you make of a comment like that as it's aimed at Donovan? Well, that's the problem when you have two young stars that are uh, basically being noticed by the NBA, not only here in this country, but around the world. You know, we get, you know, messages, texts, uh, LinkedIn, you know, we're, we're, we're on NBA ticket or league pass, pardon me. Um, you know, even though we're a, reg- a regional six or seven state network, people see us in Australia and in Paris, you know, and all over, all over the country because of our international flair and the popularity of Rudy and the popularity of, of Joe Ingles. So, you know, I, I get it. I I, um, I think it still goes down, Gordon, between the way I see it. Uh, and, again, you know, this is my comment, is that there's still a trust factor can Rudy finish. They know he can at the rim, but in those tight situations on the block, can he actually back the guy down and, and jump it in, sweep it in, um, hook it in? You know, take whatever you want to describe it. And I still think there's where Donovan still maybe doesn't have the total trust, and that takes time to build. And I think there's immense pressure on Donovan to be the guy, right? I mean, the shoe contract, he talked about going over to China once, you know, twice um, because of, you know, uh, commitments there. He's been busy the last, you know, since he's ever, since he jumped in the league. He has it. Both of them have this it factor, as we've always talked about. And that's a beautiful thing to have because people are enamored by it and the personalities just kind of jump out at you. Um, but, again, they have to find a way to coexist and understand their roles. And if they do, they'll probably both be better for it. But if they can't, 
then again, it goes back to the Miller family and, and the Jazz front office on, to decide on what direction they go. Uh, both are talented. Both help each other around if they just understood that because both have very unique talent sets that are rare to have um, on the same on the floor at the same time. No doubt. And can't wait, Bowler, to see him play uh, again. You're going to be calling games in less than a month, so they're going to have to you know, figure out a way to pull in the same direction because they're going to be back on the floor together, which is probably a good thing. It is. I think, you know, the longer it lingers, you know, all these stories kind of build up and it's good just to get it out and just go play and let you speak, you know, let them speak for themselves. And I'm sure there'll be more interviews to come once they get into this bubble. I can't imagine what it's like in there right now. I'm sure, you know, testing is part of the first step. And then, of course, introduction into your room. Uh, Gordo, they probably built this incredible 19-foot wall. Um, You know, I don't know if someone brought – you know, some sort of climbing gear. I don't know. But, you know, I, I, I really, this sounds crazy, but I wouldn't mind being there because I'd like to be a part of the games in the arena. But, no, we're going to be inside Vivint Smart Home Arena. The challenge is calling it off the big screen. And, uh, Jake, you might as well wander in after a show one night and just kind of sit down and join us because you're going to be seeing exactly the same thing I am uh, at Vivint Smart Home. So, uh, what is it here? I'm looking at my calendar. I'm, I'm rambling, but uh, what? Thursday's the ninth, so that's one, two, three weeks from Thursday uh, at 4:30 Mountain Time. Jazz Pelicans uh, will have it for you. So the clock is ticking, and we're getting closer. Well, I'll tell you what, Bowler, plan on being wrangled to do some radio in those uh, in those <laughs> post game shows on your way out the door. We're going to take absolutely, man. I'll do it. Locke and I talked today, and you know he's still trying to figure out what he's going to do and how he's going to bring it to, to, to the people in cars and everybody else who may, you know, obviously be listening in, in different areas. And, you know, I'm just happy to have a chance. I just hope it all stays solid and that uh, the virus does not attack the bubble and hopefully the plan that Adam Silver's put together, which we, we've all read most of it or parts of it. It's, it's intriguing. It's brilliant at times. But, again, I think it has to really kind of work like clockwork, and you can't have a, a crack in the bubble, right? And if you do, it could be trouble. So I, I just hope that they can pull this off and maybe give us some hope that in December uh, we can start this up again for real and maybe start to introduce the fans back into arenas around the league. Uh, my, my concern right now, too, is baseball, and my concern is football because you know how we all love football college and pros but i'm not sure how it's going to pan out but right now it's all about the nba and let's see if the plan works i hope it does bowler you're the best thank you so much we'll catch you next week all right guys uh you guys coexist together now and we'll talk (laughs) next week we will we will do our best jake has always had uh complicated personal and professional relationships that's a fact. But you know what, Gordon? Uh, with with our relationship, I would always say it is salvageable. <laughs> uh, you rank it that high. Lady. I do. I, I feel comfortable in saying that. All right. Uh, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our good friend, Andrew Reinhardt. And hey, uh, Andrew, maybe some folks out there are trying to salvage a relationship or two by uh, by dealing with an issue that's not the easiest to talk about. Yeah, it's not the easiest to talk about. ED wreaks havoc on a relationship. And, you know, when you say salvage a relationship, that's not an exaggeration. Um, This can cause a lot of problems in a guy's life. It can cause a lot of problems in his partner's life, in the relationship. And it has this 
really crazy ripple effect, and it's damaging. Um, we, we know that ED can happen to anybody. We know it's wider spread than we'd like to admit. Uh, we do have a treatment that has taken a lot of the negatives out of treating erectile dysfunction. It's called acoustic wave therapy, and we have treated so many guys. They come in discouraged, and you know they're frustrated because the pills haven't worked, and the injections have a lot of negatives, and they want the intimacy back in the relationship. Their partners want the intimacy back in the relationship. That is what our technology can do by opening up and regrowing blood vessels naturally in a very short period of time, two to three weeks, affordably and with zero side effects. And for folks out there who may need a little, I I guess, convincing, uh, there's some great science out there as well that you guys have online. There have been extensive clinical studies done on this technology. The science page at Wasatch Medical Clinic has a few, but there's many, many more. Even Cambridge now has written uh, articles and done clinical studies on this, the American Urological Association. And I don't think there's been a negative thing posted. Uh, Zero side effects, um, varying degrees of high success, and different levels of erectile dysfunction. So the science is sound. We can eliminate the ED. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. 801-901-8000. And our listeners that jump on that schedule, Andrew, are going to get a bunch of free stuff. Yeah, a ton of free stuff. Call us now if you're struggling with ED, guys. We'll do the initial assessment, exam, blood flow ultrasound, plus a special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. You'll love it. It's all free. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. Drop of the day coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? a little LMFAO on a total request Tuesday. Funny songs or band names. Want to remind you, we're going to be at the warehouse on Friday, 2 to 6, 86 East University Parkway. Prices so low, it will blow your mind. Time for Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips. Uh, This one uh, uh, comes to you, today's selection comes to you from uh, our friend David Locke. Now, we're going to tease David a little bit, so I, I feel like we should go ahead and give him a plug because this is from Locked On Jazz Podcast. Of course, David does a great job. Uh, he, David also uh, is, a, I guess, part owner or owner of the Locked On Podcast Network, which he does dozens of wonderful podcasts out there, including Locked On Cougars, hosted our very own by our very own Jake Hatch. So, a uh, quick plug for Locke and his podcast network and what he's doing, because I feel like we should give him a plug because we're going to tease him a little bit. All right, Gordon, you have never heard this. I have not. Never heard this. All right. This is this is David reading an email and and see if you can pick up what happened here. Uh, pins across the globe. Um, 
William Smith, Bel Air, Utah. I would like to share with you how I became a jazz fan. I was born in West Philadelphia and was raised there. I spent most of my days playing basketball on the playground, but also chilling out and relaxing. And then one day, a couple of guys who were uh, up to no good started making trouble in the living area, and I ended up getting into a fight, which terrified my mother. And as a result, I moved from West Philly in the most peaceful area of Bel Air, Utah. And so, therefore, I became a jazz fan. A fight, a playground fight got it done uh, for Jeffrey Jansen. Pretty cool. All right, just different stories of how you became a jazz fan and where you are uh, along the way. Let's get to the jazz. Okay. Gordo, did you pick up on it? Bel Air, Utah? Uh, I don't think there is a Bel Air, Utah, no? Yeah. That's what I picked up on. Okay. All right. Now, now let's let's play some of these. See if you can notice a, a similarity here. All right. Okay. Remember what the email said. <laughs> oh, there's no words. Let's try this one. Let's try this one. Oh, here we go. That's funny. I don't think this one has words either. Now this there it is. is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. <laughs> anyway, there's some verses in there. I spent most of my days playing basketball on the playground, but also chilling out and relaxing. And then one day, a couple of guys who were... To no good, started making trouble in the living area. In the living area. <laughs> that is funny. That oh, is funny. man, that one, that oh. one is funny. But, he but got he, got. He did get got. But here's the thing. Here's where I'll defend David on this one. That is not, like, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is a little bit younger than David. Like, that wouldn't be in his prime television wheelhouse. That would be more in his, like, 20s, where he's working 70-hour work weeks. Oh, this, this was not some egregious error on David. No, part. no, by no means. It's just hilarious. But, but like, uh, well... Because remember the text line back in the day? <laughs> yeah. How many of us got got by the text oh, line back in the all day? all the time. You're just in a mode, you're reading stuff, and then you, after in the break, you're like, wait oh. a second, did I just read a text from Harry Butts? I don't yeah, know. right. But if it were like the, uh, the the what what would be an older show that would be in David's TV wheelhouse? What's a good like '80s show? Mr. Belvedere. Maybe if it were Mr. Belvedere, he would have he would have caught on. Charles in charge. Charles in charge. There's what a new boy in the neighborhood. That... <laughs> he lives downstairs, and it's understood. He was a what's jazz that, fan, so I what's became that a jazz show fan. from uh, back in the day that uh, all the kids were listening, the younger kids were listening to. Saved by the Bell. <laughs> You know that one show back in the day, all the kids were watching. But I, that, don't know, I just I did I'm not from, care for Saved by the Bell. But that theme song would have worked in yeah. a similar fashion that the Fresh Prince theme song worked because it tells a story. Remember, he missed the bus. Uh huh. That's right. The alarm clock gave out a warning, something like that. Yeah. We do know that Austin's all-time favorite show uh, at any point in his life was Boy Meets World, right? That is factual, yes. Which I also didn't care for. Which Austin and I have, have, uh, (laughs) it almost ruined our relationship. You don't believe in, you know, uh, happiness and soulful living? That's fine. Okay, so my favorite favorite TV theme song actually has no words. I think the best TV... Is it Doogie Howser? No, not Doogie (laughs) Howser. And I do like M.A.S.H., Stop Suicide it. is painless, that's a but, that, but no, 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 no. Best TV theme has got to be 
Magnum PI. Really? Not I, Matlock? Google Magnum PI. I mean, that, that, that start is just amazing. Gordon, you have a favorite TV theme? Come on. Come on. And we see the helicopter swooshing around. Now this awesome. the problem with this, the problem with this music is that it sounds too much like the opening of a TV show. Well, it, it, it is the opening of a TV show. I know, but it sounds it's 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 like it's like almost like killing an ant with a sledgehammer. I mean, I I, I like a little more subtlety than like, that. Like, for, wait, wait, the... wait, hold on. For example, more subtle. What? what I don't know what yeah, you're. Yeah, like well, like well, we talked about it last week. That's Hill what Street I was Blues. gonna say. Yeah. Hill Street Blues. He and Bowler, and then Jeremy Castro got in on it. Hill Street yeah. Blues, the theme song. It's like this hard hitting cop show. Where they're they're busting bad guys in the streets and they they've got the they're cool talking and, and dressing and they they're driving fast and then the theme song is some piano sonata, hmm. right, Gordon? Yeah, <laughs> it's a beautiful song. Uh, <laughs> but my all-time favorite, man, that's I liked the Growing Pains theme song. Some Show me choices. that smile again. You know that? No. I never what? got into about, growing pain. Hey, Mr. Movie, what about movie soundtracks? What's the all-time best there? Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, you're picking between John Williams, Joe Horner. Uh, not Joe Horner. James. James Horner. James. Uh, Hans Zimmer. Well, there's a difference between a soundtrack and a score, too. So what are you referring right. to? Right. That's a good point. Scores, you're probably looking more like John Williams, Hans Zimmer, J- right, James right. Horner. but. And I like Danny Elfman a lot, but soundtrack, I would go, and this might surprise you, I would go with Dumb and Dumber for best soundtrack, just to listen to the songs. My my favorite soundtrack is from a terrible movie called The Big Chill back in the 70s. Oh, Oh, that's all Motown music. Not all, but but close. Is this Growing Pains? Yes! (laughs) Tell me this this doesn't make you Now this sounds like a corny TV Yeah, it does. The best is ready to begin. Okay, that's enough. All right. We'll have more next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We got each other. the gym we wanted a little meatloaf it's a big show on a total request tuesday gordon monson jake scott thank you very much for making us a part of your day thanks to craig bowler jack who was able to join us at the beginning of the five o'clock hour we always uh, look forward to talking to bowler at least i do i don't know about you gordon oh i i, I hate it. It, it it sounds like you were a little tough to manage when he filled in for me last tuesday well, I was not. It was just, I've I've done so many shows with Bowler through the years. It was uh, it's always a pleasure to do the show with you, Jake. But uh, it was it was kind of a a flashback to the old days with Bowler. We had a good time. Uh, well, I told you I got a chance to listen, and I thought you guys were great. It, it certainly was a, a flashback to the big show of old. You guys did a, a great job for many years uh, doing radio together. So it was it was fun, and Bowler is always good, man. He's always good when he comes on. I was I was serious about that for uh, radio post games. We're going to be 
nabbing Bowler on his way out. <laughs> Kasky, you guys you are real. Bowler will ever haul you in front of the cameras and put you on the no, the <laughs> no, no, I don't, no, I don't. You guys, uh, uh, I want to see Jake Scott on the uh, on the post game show with a with a with a suit and a tie and you know looking all dapper. You own a suit, Jake? I do too. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Jake looks good in a suit, man. Two dos suits. Do you he, own a suit, Austin? Does several. I don't wear them, but I own them. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm what do you, anti-suit. You just keep them just in case you ever need to go to a fancy event. Yeah, in case someone uh, deserves me to dress up in a suit. That's why I have it. But no one so far has. When's your last time you wore a suit, Austin? Uh, full suit, full jacket, suit. tie, shirt, pants, whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> pants. One of <laughs> one of my siblings' weddings. Okay. Which that was three years ago, I think. Okay. I sometimes wear the slacks with the shirt or the jacket alone, but you know, not so. Not let alone. me ask you not the personal alone. question. <laughs> alone, sitting <laughs> there, my suit jacket. Pig in it. Nothing my but a suit jacket. jacket. <laughs> when you go to a, uh, a place Sunday. of worship, uh, uh, Austin, are you a, a casual dresser yes. or do you do the full suit? No, casual, because then they don't ask you to do nothing. <laughs> Didn't you hear Austin? He said just the jacket. <laughs> That's it. I also keep a pack of cigarettes in my pocket so that they think, oh, he can't be let's holding not, a job down here. I don't, let's not put him in charge of the nursery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Imagine that. You hey, you were supposed to be watching uh, watching the nursery. What happened? Where'd you go? Well, I smoke break, right? It's my uh, union mandated. <laughs> yeah. I'm back having a smoke. Oh man, how did how did how did we get there? When was the last time you wore a suit, Gordon? No, I know the answer to that. It was recently. Actually, I didn't wear a suit to that. Oh, you didn't? A, a white shirt. I wore a white shirt and a tie. When was the last time you had a full uh, suit? Uh, well, it's been a long time now. Yeah. I can't even remember the last time I wore a full suit. I got, I got a closet full of them. But, uh, honk. Right, it's been a while. Honk. Where's my horn? Where is it? There it is. <laughs> I got a closet full of them. Suits. I don't all, even want them. All of, Ital- all of them, uh, custom Italian they made, made suits. They made me take those suits. <laughs> I've got a suit hanging in there that is older than you, Austin. That's cool. Mm. Not a surprise. <laughs> is it? Is it a probably bright wonder, orange wonder tuxedo? Would, probably, probably wouldn't fit. <laughs> is it a leisure suit? Big oh! old fat lapels. Yeah. Is it a leisure suit, Gordon? Because if it's a leisure suit, I I will pay you tens of dollars to wear that. It's not a leisure suit. No. no. You mean the kind with the collars on them? You could land a plane on. Pretty much. All right. Let's yeah. get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our good friend Andrew Reinhardt. And Andrew, I always uh, you you every time I see you, you're wearing scrubs. When was the last time you wore a full suit? Oh, let's see here. A full suit. I would say January or February. It's been a while. Okay. Yeah. I, it sounds like none of us are suit wearing guys. <laughs> so I wear scrubs and then sweatpants. That's, you know, I have two outfits. Yeah. That's about it. Good for you. That's the dream <laughs> right there. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, suit wearing guys, non-suit wearing guys, a lot of guys dealing with ED out there, Andrew, and you guys are here to help. We are. We have treated a lot of guys over many years in Utah and other states that are struggling with erectile dysfunction. The acoustic wave technology that we use is the most advanced. It's FDA cleared, and it's clinically shown to open up and regrow blood vessels. So we're talking about blood flow. Uh, here's 
what you can expect. If you're out there listening and things are not so great in the bedroom, uh, we get guys off of the pill, no supplements, no injections, no hormones. They get back to maybe not teenager years, but they get back to normal function. That's a 50-year-old guy to maybe a 30-year-old guy. That's the difference that we're seeing. Uh, We had a 77-year-old patient in. He had had extreme erectile dysfunction for about 10 years. He was just three treatments in. That's about a week. And he was noticing significant differences. So we see this all the time. If you're out there struggling, you don't have to struggle any longer. You can get back the spontaneity into the relationship. And with what you're saying right there, Andrew, in a short amount of time, sounds like you can get back to normal in just a couple, if not a few weeks. Yeah, the average guy does uh, three to six treatments. They're about 10 minutes per treatment, and that's it. Two to three weeks is the average span of time. Uh, Before this month is out, that relationship could be improving. The intimacy comes back, and you can, of course, throw those pills away. 801-901-8000 801-901-8000 is the number to call. 801-901-8000. Get on that schedule, and they'll get a bunch of uh, free stuff, right? Yep, a lot of free, and this is our last spot of the night. So uh, assessment, exam, consultation with the doctor, that will include a blood flow ultrasound. Uh, I think everybody should have their blood flow tested. Um, we're going to do that free, plus throw in a little special gift just for making the trip. It produces instant results in the bedroom. All right, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Andrew, thanks for all your work today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. That's our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic, 801-901-8000. Coming up next, more Big Show. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, another Tuesday comes and goes, but we made it, buddy. Yeah, a lot. We covered a lot of ground today, and I, I think this whole Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell thing, uh, stirred up again by the ESPN story that we discussed at length today, is really interesting and something to keep an eye on moving forward. I don't think that thing is buried yet. And, and maybe getting the team back together and getting them competing in the bubble in Orlando, well, it, it'll either, like I think you said earlier, uh, it'll either help or it'll hurt it, one or the other. I don't know which it'll be, but it's something to keep an eye on. I, I, I just don't think it's over with yet. Oh, certainly not. No, I, I, I certainly agree with you there. And I, I do think the Orlando situation will be interesting because, uh, on one hand, I think it'll be good for them to get on the floor competing together again, right? You know, especially if they win a few games, that can... That can help go a long way. But at the same time, you're isolated with them, which is going to be weird to begin with, let alone if you've got some bad vibes or tension is the word that uh, that Donovan used, I believe, between the two of you. That can be that can be rough, maybe. I would even go so far as to say that winning, one of the most important aspects to the Jazz winning over the next month or so, uh, or once play begins, will be to help build this relationship because if they don't win that's not going to help that is just going to uh, throw salt in the wound i think but if they can win if they can go out and do something positive together then that might bring them closer and uh if if I, if your jazz fans out there better hope for that otherwise this thing is going to get goofy all right gordo you enjoy your evening sir 
You too, Jake, and you too, Austin. And we uh, hope all our listeners out there are healthy and safe and sane. Take care of yourselves. We do appreciate them, don't we, Jake? We do indeed. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.